Hello, I'm your host, Braylon Williams, and welcome back to another episode of Enneagram Restore Podcast. As always, I want to thank you at the very beginning of this podcast to say thank you for listening to another episode. And if you're new to this podcast, what this podcast is all about is it's all about the Enneagram and how it can be one of the best tools in helping us become better people as we look at into our lives as we take an introspective look into who we are and what motivates us to do the things we do. So, um, with that being said, here's a little bit of what's happening in my life. So, at the time that I am recording this intro for this episode, I, it's actually two days before my 23rd birthday. Okay, so very exciting times that are happening within the next couple of days. I have so much planned um so um tomorrow night the thursday before my birthday actually having my birthday dinner um at a local italian cafe here in springfield and then of course the day of my birthday november the 11th um the new black panther movie comes out and so definitely am going to see that um and then the saturday um after my birthday i'm going to have a brunch at a local restaurant so it's 20 i'm turning 23 so i thought you know, three days of celebration. And that's just beginning because I like to be extra and that's just who I am as a person. So um, actually, I, I don't know the exact details, but I do know like once it's time for my 30th birthday, it's going to be very extra because it just so happens that November has 30 days in it. And so when I turn 30, there's going to be 30 days of celebration, uh, big, small, and all the in-between. But um, that's just kind of what's happening in the life of me at this time. Again, by the time you hear this, it'll be way past. So, um, in advance, I'm going to say thank you for all the belated birthday wishes because the time they're recording this is November, but this episode will not release until, um, February. So, um, but that's what's happening as I record this. So today is my great joy and pleasure to have Krista Harding on the show today. Krista is an Enneagram 7 and she is also the creator and host of the Enneagram and Marriage podcast. She is one of my favorite people in the Enneagram world. Um, she is a delight. She is fun to talk to. I had a great time talking to her in this um, episode but um, and I'm definitely going to have to get her back on the show again. I'm actively thinking of a new topic to bring her back um, but she's a great person. She's very lighthearted and Honestly, I wish I could meet her in person. She's just so great. Um, I could tell you more about Krista, but I think it's best to hear about who she is from her herself. So let's just get right into the episode. So thank you again for joining me on Any Grammar Start Podcast. Um, we, we know nothing about each other, so let's just, you know, <laughs> try to get to know each other. Um, tell me a little bit about who you are, your life story, and how you got came from if I remember right, being a therapist to doing a podcast about the Enneagram. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And 
I really enjoyed this strange trek, as you know, into podcasting life. It came a little bit before COVID and I was starting to integrate the Enneagram into my coaching practice. And so I had moved from therapy into coaching so I could have a greater reach because therapy at the time was keeping me bound by my state. And it was also, as I moved from state to state, the rules and regulations changed. So I wanted a bit more freedom to live wherever I wanted to live, to serve clients wherever I wanted to serve, um, which served my type seven part of me. And then I also, like we were just saying, found the Enneagram to be so helpful for my clients that I wanted to bring it out more broadly to others. And podcasting was the way to do it. So it was really nice to get started just before COVID because when we got shut down, I still had an outlet to share, which felt yeah. safe. I, I, I love that because that actually kind of goes in kind of the same hand of why I do this podcast. You know, it's called Enneagram Restore and the idea is that the Enneagram helps bring restoration in your life. Um, my biggest pet peeve when I first heard about the Enneagram was when I became a freshman here in college at Evangelion University. And like people were talking about, it's like, I'm this, I'm that. They use it like, this defines me. I'm like, I don't really like that. So I was, I, I, I hate it. And so to think yeah. I'm right where I am, like an avid Enneagram person. Now I have like eight books already. I got a whole Amazon <laughs> list of books that I'm still trying to buy about the Enneagram. And wow. then doing a podcast and like, I mentioned it's like every conversation. I'm like, did you know the Enneagram could help you in this way? <laughs> I think people want to slap me every time I bring it up, but uh, right. it's just yeah. like, it's been so helpful. And like, even still, I haven't reaped the full benefits myself of trying to re rewire how I do life from knowing this basic personality of myself. So, wow. so I just, like I said, your story just really matches up with, mm. honestly, I, I don't think I really knew the full story behind that. So it's like, that was like, fresh view of why you do your podcast it's like oh wait a minute that that really goes to why I kind of started my podcast I like that mm, um love that awesome so <laughs> I kind of want to phrase I have this written down a little bit different I'm trying to think I have phrases differently mm -hmm. um what is one thing that cannot be found out about you one interesting thing that's not in your bio or you had really had to be like a close relationship with you to know about you, Krista. Oh, wow. Oh, that is a tough question for a seven because we are extroverted in the sense that we share everything almost. Yes. Um, <laughs> and so, like we, we might be an introvert because we like to recharge personally, but like when we're out there, we're like, I'm out here full barrels, <laughs> but, um, I try to say this sometimes to people. I don't think I say it in my writing as much. So unless you know me really well, um, you would not know that I have a real uh, sensitive emotional side because I come out very strong and even my voice right now, there's a bit of harshness to it. And so it's like, there's a lot of softness. There's a lot of lament. Uh, and only the most close people to me will ever really get access to that side, if that makes sense. Oh, yes. <laughs> a little close to home right there for me, too. It's like, oh, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. eights aren't mm -hmm. emotional people, period. And so, and then the home that I was raised in, you know, we aren't 
emotions were not like you, mm-hmm. you buried them and you dealt with life you know type of thing I, mm-hmm. I, now it's like why was I ever put in that environment it was so horrible yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like I want to feel now but I don't know how it's so, <laughs> true that's like, hard figuring out emotions now I'm 22 I'm like Ugh, emotions mm-hmm. they kind of st- stick they icky but like mm-hmm. oh at the same time this feels good but yes. so yeah they take uh, so much vulnerability for oh, both yes. of us so it's like that's the new thing like uh I'm so like I become I wouldn't say like I'm expressively emotional now but like I'm yeah. always thinking in the realm of emotions how is this going to make me feel I've even started to develop like some emotional things um I've I don't know if you read Brene Brown's book the Atlas of the Heart I haven't read that one great book okay uh, probably my favorite book at this point now and so it it really like was I bought it thinking it was going to be like a step-by-step guide on how to do emotions and Mm -hmm. it is not that and so it basically the premise of the book is like we already know how to do emotions because it's built into us it's just that 90% of the time we lack the vocabulary of emotions you know, a lot of people, you ask them how you're doing. It's like, oh, I'm doing good. I'm happy or I'm sad or I'm mad. And like, those are like the three main ones, but you never get into like stuff like anguish or like despair. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. Like, yeah, I feel these all the time. Like, but I've usually just used these three main category of words. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. So like, mm-hmm. it's a very good book. Like mm-hmm. I had, like, I had to force myself to put it down just to do other stuff. <laughs> Wow. I'm so glad you told me that. That's, I mean, man, is that cool? It's like the feelings wheel, but in a way that is digestible in a book. So it's not just a feelings wheel. It's like, I see the words here, but like Brene Brown has such a way of drawing you out and making you feel safe. So thank you because I know that's what we both need. (laughs) So that's a good, that's a really good recommend. If you don't have time to read right now, that's good too, because she actually did like a mini series on HBO Max about this book. And she goes into detail about some of the words. So I encourage you to check that out too. So it's great. Like this book has made me a Brene Brown fan. Oh my (laughs) goodness. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. So, but, um, so we kind of talked about your journey to finding the Enneagram. Um, you mentioned you're a seven. Um, I, I'm kind of wary to ask people their wings because, um, you know, that's always something that's changing. And that's probably something I, don't, I wouldn't say I hate about the Enneagram, but I find mm-hmm. intriguing because of, you, you see, especially with the core type, it's like that doesn't change, but like your wing, your subtypes, changes and so it's like it's nice to see like that's kind of contradictory to what we know basis of it but like at the same time it works out so well because like you know Mm -hmm. I I realized just looking back it's like oh yeah I can see growing up I exhibited a lot of eight energy but like if there was majority of my life I was taking on the energy of a nine wing because like peacekeeping you know everybody let's find common ground but like now I'm in a space in life to where I don't really have to worry about peace and so like so like I've really been adventuring a lot like going on hikes and like just being having fun it's just like it's it's a side of me I wish I would have had early on in life I was like this this is just great this is so much joy so 
Oh, wow. Beautiful to hear that. Where, where kind of like in this moment of life, do you find yourself, do you find yourself more of a six wing or more of an eight wing? I think that I've come back toward the middle, but where I've been uh, kind of noticing in my, you know, how you can see in your earlier life, here's when I was leaning really far into one or the other. Um, generally it's going to be a six for me, but there was a good space in my life where it was eight in my twenties. And I just really enjoyed pushing through and doing everything I could. And until my early thirties really got me, uh, down on my butt when I had toddlers that were screaming 24 seven, along with clients who were screaming 24 seven, I was like, I need my six wing and I need it now. I need safety, protection, self-care. And I really didn't come out of that until the last year or two. And it's been a slow go. So I'm coming back to balance. Uh, but sometimes I still slip in one direction or the other. So I really like how you said the goal is balance and it's to be as close to the middle as possible. So we can gain the best of all the types, right? Yeah. So that's, that's good. Yeah. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, it's life is a learning process in all together, but like, I'm so like, gosh, my gratitude towards the Enneagram is like ever increasing. Cause like without this, I don't know, like, yeah. oh my goodness, how I would learn life lessons. Like it, it seemed like for me, at least before discovering the Enneagram life lessons were like a kick in the butt, but now it's like um, a gentle push yeah. of learning life lessons. Ooh, so, I like that. Like, yeah. It just makes it so much easier. Like, yeah. So it's right. been a, it's been a great tool. Awesome. Um, I am so grateful for everyone's support. Without you guys, this podcast would not be possible. But if you're not already subscribed to Enneagram Restored Podcast, don't forget to follow and subscribe Enneagram Restored Podcast to be notified of each new episode that is released. Now, I'm going to kind of throw a curveball at you right now, because this wasn't in one of the questions in the list that I sent you, um, but it's kind of a selfish question um, about um, something that was said in the episode you just did with um, Dana and Johnny Lawson, uh, which was a great episode, by the way. Um, but he mentioned something about being productive in your single season, mm -hmm. and I agree with that, but... There, there's a, at least for me, there has been this flaw where I, I've realized that my productiveness has only been towards one area of life and it's been to like the success area of life because I've been mm -hmm. doing things like starting on my own businesses, a podcast, mm -hmm. um, becoming president of my dorm room and doing, being a chairman of a committee. And it's like all success here, productivity. And it's like, yeah. do you think that, so this is, kind of let me back up a little bit this question is a little bit three-part question mm -hmm. so the first part would be do you think there's like a balance that there should be like a certain percentage spiritual certain percentage um success certain percentage relationships what what what's your idea on that part of it oh that's a great question and i'm so grateful that you got to learn from him in your season of being young and doing so much. Um, so that makes me really happy, but I also want to say that I think that the spiritual for me comes in at the end when I've kind of exhausted the first few resources, because I do like to, uh, take time in my faith life every night before bed. 
but then I usually do my day and I start out in gratitudes with a brief time of spirituality as well. So it's not that it isn't in and through all the other things, but what I really want to say about that is as I'm trying to get that mind, body, heart balance, and this is what I recommend for anyone who's single, um, is try to be like every single day I do something to enrich my mind. Every single day I do something to enrich my, um, emotions, which you're clearly doing. And then also your body. And that could be drinking water, as you know, or it could be lifting weights, but something in your body. And, and then when all of those still, sometimes you're still lamenting or you're still frustrated. Um, that's when I would say go to God because your spiritual life comes in right there instead of you going to your vice, which is what really kind of tempts us in that moment. And so whatever your Enneagram vices kind of comes in and says, I'll take care of you. All of this wasn't enough, um, especially in our cases as a seven and eight, because we want more and more and more. Yeah. Um, but for somebody else, it might be pull, pull back, pull in, um, pull away. And for us, it's push in, push in. And so it's really nice right there to actually surrender to God, take deep breaths, and just say, you know what, like this is going to happen in your timing and not mine. So for a single person, that's great because then you don't push the person away that you're trying to pursue or multiple options away if you're single and they're just kind of seeing you in your life flailing. And they're like, man, I'm noticing that that person doesn't know how to rest. They don't know how to just be still. Um, so I hope that helps a little bit. And I know it's a three-part question, but totally. <laughs> You're cutting me like a knife right now. <laughs> well, one, <laughs> I, I've been a Christian my entire life. Um, of course, that doesn't mean I haven't like fallen. Yeah. You know, I, I've really. I, that's a whole different podcast story right there about my relationship with Christ. But like, yeah, yeah, the surrendering part. Yeah, is so so hard, mm. especially for someone like me. It's like, I've yeah, gotta have everything in control, everything planned out. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh gosh, especially relationships. Like, it, yeah. it's like, I want to surrender, surrender. I, I can't talk, <laughs> surrender that. Yeah. But yeah. it's like, gosh, I could do, like, why not have this option and this option and this option instead of just giving it all up, you know? And it's yeah. like, I, I can see much more clear. So it's like, I'm really working on that. It's like, yeah. I've got to surrender. I've got to surrender. It's like, yeah. I know, like, mm -hmm. gosh. So I've been kind of, it's not a, like I said, it's not easy no, at it all. So no, it's really hard. I commend you for trying to do that because it's beautiful to see. Even I can tell you're sincerely wanting that and you're sincerely admitting sometimes you don't do it, but we both know that when we do, we feel better. Like okay. now you're clear. Now you're like, I'm, I don't need somebody else to define me. I'm, I'm fine. But it's like that whole, oh my gosh, it's scary to let go of that control. Yeah. And then the rest part you said right there is like, gosh, that, like I said, cutting me like a knife because I do not do rest well. <laughs> I'm always on the go. Um, yeah, yeah. Either whether it's most of the time it's just doing worship at church because I, I sing at a, uh, I do worship on uh, a church, which is a, a mega church. And so it's like, honestly, I don't, I don't really take breaks off of serving unless it's like you know a break where I'm going home for a long time per se like Christmas break it's like but other than that I've been on team for two and a half years now and like every Sunday every Wednesday I I'm serving so like rest I, I don't do yes uh, and oh. even 
even then like going going everywhere else it's like my friends complain like I never hang out with them like I'm always busy yeah you're like this is my way of doing life and you do have a lot of energy as an eight wing seven it's arguably the most energetic of all the types even though it does not mean which people miss are misinformed sometimes that that person doesn't ever get exhausted or burn out they do but you're just saying you generally will rest a little bit and get back up again. And, um, and you're aware that that's kind of just your only way of doing life. And I, I get that. And sometimes it does take moments where we fall flat on our faces before we find out and not just one time, but many times. Um, so I'm right there with you, but at least learning it. And sometimes, like you said, being a Christian, God has been quite gentle overall with teaching me the lessons. Um, so, but they are there for us to learn when we'll see them and slow down. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it's just, Ooh, you you said those things. I'm like, wow, is she, is God sitting right there telling these things about me? (laughs) Like, how does she know this is me to a T (laughs) surrender and resting are work in progress. Yes. Amen. People, you know, in passing, people will be like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> That's about all I was gonna say. I'm like, I don't know anything past that. But right, right. Oh my <laughs> anyway. God. Yeah. Going back to the question mm-hmm. here a little bit. Um, so is it do you think it's possible to kind of uh, after you've kind of taken the introspective look into yourself and you've worked on yourself and you've been to God, do, do you think it's possible to actually kind of gauge or put a timeline on that coming out of waiting and going into that season of actually seeing reality of a dating relationship happening? Hmm. I do because dating takes time and intention. So if you're somebody who's busy or maybe you're a listener who's withdrawing and you like a lot of personal time, however, it looks for you carving out at least six to 10 hours a week for quality time with the person you're pursuing is important because it takes specific time to be able to get to know them in those dating years. So it's not worthwhile if you say, you know, I really ideally want to mate, but I'm not willing to give it any time. Um, then I would say you're not there yet and that's okay. But if you've got some time, you've got some good balance in your life and you've got some, uh, good plans going where you're like, I have a direction I'm on the path and I intend to get there for, uh, my, my years of professionalism and I'm not just aimless. Then I think that that's an okay time to date because you really are getting your life together and you don't have to wait as long as Johnny on my podcast did 33 years, but you also, um, do want to wait as long as it takes you to get there. Oh, I love that. It is because especially as a Christian, we hear a lot in the church. I'll oh, just wait until God provides, he's going to bring you somebody. Yeah. And I've always hated that yeah. <laughs> when people say I'm like, of course god is going to provide somebody but it's like maybe it won't be you know maybe it's up to me at this point you know yeah so i was like (laughs) yeah you can take some healthy steps too and if god closes a door that's important to pay attention to 
um, that's really important to pay attention to. Cause I know sevens and eights and threes, we can barrel through. Tough. So sometimes when God does close a door, it doesn't mean that later there can't be redemption. If you kept pushing and you never listened, trust me, anyone who's been married 10 years or more is going to have days like that, where they're like, was I really listening? Um, but then, um, he's really good to us. Like oh, there's yeah. redemption. He has to close the door and then slam it in my face again a couple of times for me to, get the, <laughs> yeah. to see <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Me too, for sure. And so, then, but yeah, he sometimes grows those people in our life that we lament too. And we're like, okay, you know what? They're maturing too. So this is all good. Even though maybe God did tell me no, but I didn't listen. So yeah. we have to give people the grace to change along with us. One thing, and you can say if you agree or disagree with this, but one thing that I've kind of been contemplating lately um, is this idea when you say God closing the door at one person, is that maybe along the way, which I know for sure along the way, as you find somebody to date, there's going to be people that you've developed feelings for, feelings for and it, it won't work out. It's happened to me for the past three years, at least um, constantly. It's like, but it, it's this, it's this idea of being okay that they were just there for a season. Cause sometimes you, you think, you know, you see somebody, I, for me, at least there's this one girl that I thought, all right, she's the one. And like, it never even went on a first date because it happened right before COVID and like everything there. And it was like, oh, wow. So maybe like I'm coming to terms, like maybe she wasn't the one, but like, honestly, it was that girl that kind of being interested in her pursued me towards these new interest and emotions per se and try, try to become more emotionally developed so it's like maybe the purpose wasn't to actually date her but to just you know say all right I'm lacking in this area so again just kind of recognizing kind of what each person you come in contact helps you to see about yourself is a great thing and honestly not having the Ingram, I probably would never seen that lesson in my life. I would have been like, no, for sure. She was the one uh, that no other reason. Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Back to the angsting, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. So Aww. um, before I dive into a little bit more of the serious questions, um, let, let's kind of talk about the Enneagram and marriage collective, which I kind of feel like a little shame because like, oh my God. I, I don't, I don't know if maybe I feel like I kind of maybe I could have stolen this idea from you, but like I don't remember listening to your podcast in a while. But then one day I was like, I'm, I'm gonna start my start a collective about Enneagram and emotions. But then like the next day or so, I was listening to your podcast. Like I heard you talk about the Enneagram Marriage Collective. I'm like, did I just steal her idea? <laughs> like hopefully not. No, it's totally fine because you know what? So. It's all a collective. Like we're all social, so it's just a word, but. I love that you asked about it. And I love that you're thinking about uh, this on a bigger level with emotions. That's really important. Oh. Um, so yeah, but uh, we're really excited to have uh, couples or individuals come together to learn about relationships and a little bit of a fo more focused togetherness quality, because on a podcast, it's me speaking to the world without any kind of feedback. Yeah. Uh, of course I get it from clients and my family, but it's really nice already. We've had just one meeting together 
to hear what are the needs out there. And you can do quizzes and surveys, but when you really spend time together, it's a monthly meeting where we spend two hours together on a topic. And then there's question and answer and time to really just be together, breathe together. Uh, you know, there may be some lament as we go on and people feel safe, uh, definitely training. And then we have an intent for the month where we focus in on a tool or two, and then we can come back the next month and do it all over again. And then we also have a little space inside of my website so that people can get some videos on how to grow in their relationship together with some PDFs there. And then they also get a special extra podcast each week to give them extra encouragement. So it's just different ways to give them a deeper dive into training. Yeah. And if I remember right, the founders, they just closed today. Yes. Yes. It was 19 a month and now it's 29 a month. Um, So I'm really grateful to have some people in that founders space just to give us a sense of uh, like, let's see what the need is. Let's you know, do that. And then we're going to stay open for another couple of weeks for those who are still catching on. And then I don't know if you'll do this for your collective, but for me, it's nice to grow with some closed doors. People like the scarcity. They need to know that offers aren't eternal sometimes, Um, but you don't do it because you don't want people to learn. You do it so you can focus and really connect. And then I'm hoping what will happen is we'll open again in the fall. Yeah. For, For me, like I said, mine is still in development. I just okay. thought about it. Um, so I'm still working out the kinks and things and how it will work. But like, for me, I know at least for this first collective group, I, I wanted to limit to 25 people. So okay. what do you have a limit of people that you are, or what does that look like for your collective? No, I didn't, but I got, I think it was about 27 couples and they can sign up together. Oh. So it's all under the one. Um, And I was just thinking about that this morning that um, there's a part of me that's afraid to move on too much bigger because I feel like you need to start with a certain amount that makes you feel, um, especially as a thinking type safe so that you can actually grow community. Um, It's not that you can't do that with a big one, as you know, going to a mega church, but it's, it's starting small because that's the capacity I have. And I don't want to grow too big before I'm ready to meet that. I just trained up all these coaches to work with me. So in fact, we had so many coaches in addition to those 27 people that I thought, okay, good. (laughs) There's plenty of us to help if need be, because what if each one of them needed a ton of help? Um, So I knew I had good staff and, and by staff, I don't mean that you would in your collective necessarily have to have people working for you, but just people that. Uh, you know, are going to be helpers because when you open up the doors to supporting others, you need to be able to manage it well, really well. Um, And so now I finally feel like that. Um, And I probably would have just hired more people if it would have gotten to crazy numbers. I would have said, okay, well, I actually need to hire more than just these few. But it turned out that we have a really nice balance where there's plenty of people to help out, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which I, I like the attention to keeping it small because, you know, e- even if you do hire more people to do, like, even if it got bigger and you hired more people and there was like breakout sessions and everything like that, yeah, yeah. It, honestly, it, that goes more towards the realm of like a webinar setting than it is like yeah. our discussion. So it's like yeah. the bigger, it's, it's just kind of hard. It's possible, but like you said, it's hard to have an actual discussion with a bigger group. And so keeping stuff like this small, it's like, I'm all for big, but when it comes to like 
diving deep into emotions and like marriages and fixing our ourselves it's like let's keep it small you know let's keep it not too small not too big but as Goldilocks said just right yeah oh my gosh that's awesome I love that yes that's a great reminder and um you are leaning on your seven because you're like let's find the best about each um and that's what I think is wise is like whatever God gives you you do your best with it So if he gives you something where you end up having this huge, large group, you'll be like, okay, we're going to do some breakouts. And I'm already thinking that way too. But what's nice is I can just barely manage, uh, to kind of try to love on everybody, even without a breakout, if I want to right now. So like you said, there's good to both, but it is going to always be, um, a journey and we're always going to be learning and nothing's ever perfect. Keep on saying these words that some of my favorite words. (laughs) Oh God! <laughs> journey intention like <laughs> two words that I love the most like I refer to everything as a journey I'm on a emotional journey you know I'm on a restoration journey like what? if it's fixing me I'm gonna say journey it's like it's it's not fixing it's a journey because <laughs> so, you know on journeys you have challenges I always think of when I say that word I think of like a um would it be like a 90s video game where like you know they you have one main quest but like in between you have these smaller quests and everything I'm like that is life yes that is life to a tea oh yeah I loved my 90s videos game video games so I'm with you that's a great analogy for me as a seven so so all this stuff is just coming out of me like right now so um but um now now let's deeper questions here um Mm-hmm. what what do you what comes to mind when you hear the word restoration how would you kind of like define that to somebody mm, I would say more wholeness it just really reminds me of broken pieces being put back together in a way that reveals that there's been some damage somewhere but that there's also been growth and Maybe even, of course, being an idealist, I would say maybe even growth that is greater than they ever had before they had ever been broken. Um, because when we're broken, we know how to help others who have been broken. So I like that about restoration, that not only do we get to heal the broken pieces of ourselves, but we get to be an example of others to others who need that as well. Oh, I love that. Uh- I, I, I think of restoration and reconnection like on a spectrum. Um, so and it, it, it goes back to another analogy. I, I think a lot in analogies for some strange reason. <laughs> but when you think of like um, Fixer Up or, or um, Restoration Road with Clint Harp, I don't know if you've heard that show, but like um, all these house shows are fixing things up. You have dilapidated houses that have been just sitting there for ages and they're restored. But not all of it is fully restored to something new there are like there might be like a fireplace that you know doesn't look the greatest but they reconnect it to its original intent of use like the original owner intended it to be like this beautiful fireplace you can gather by but then as time went on you know fireplaces became unfamous to use for gathering just more of like a pretty little thing you have in your house and so when you restore this dilapidated house, you have 
this entire restoration, but then you have this one piece that doesn't really need restoring. It just needs to be reconnected to its original use. Oh, wow. So, Ooh, that's a great analogy. So, um, I love yeah. that. I'm always, aside from podcasting too, I'm interior designer. I just started my own firm a couple months ago. So it's like everything I do is in the realm of, Enneagram emotions and houses right now. So oh, I'm always fun. thinking. Um, so wow, um, that's a but, cool field. Um, and to think of it, like how 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 am I doing all this stuff? Because I'm at school majoring in church leadership. So like none of this really connects, but like I'm doing yeah. it and having fun. So um yes, it will connect throughout different moments oh, yeah. of your life too. So that's that's just a little tangent. Um but um glow guides um i've kind of i mean honestly i like the idea of them so but i listen to your podcast i don't know if i've fully grasped what they are so could you just like briefly explain that a little bit what glow guides are sure so i created booklets or and they're just pdfs that you can download from my website on each of the 45 pairings and my friend who's an artist she drew pictures to go with each one to illustrate for the visual types among us. And it was a fun process to really walk through together as two thinking types to really dissect what each pairing was like. And of course, with a lot of great surveys and client experiences, I got to see a lot of the pairings in multiple different dimensions. So as much as we can't nuance exactly like what each of us is like, because we're not fully cookie cutters, but we're all creatives. Uh, it does give some very specific advice for people of each pairing with their partners. So if you're an Enneagram one and you are uh, dating a three, or if you're a six dating a nine, whatever the combo, we have a booklet for that to help you to process the issues that you're likely to do well in and the ways you're likely to glow or shine out in the world, as well as when the shadows come in, what it's likely to look like when you're a little bit stressed, burnt out. And then we also have date night tips and tips for you when you're serving in the world together too. And, and just that way you have a roadmap as well as some questions at the end to ask each other, like, how are we vibing together? So it's a nice I want to say beginner's tool, but to be quite honest, it's something that even though my husband and I know the material in it now, I think that what would be a shame is if we just read it informationally, but we didn't yeah. take time with the Q and A, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so you kind of answered my next question. So I, I'm going to think of a new question real quick. Yeah. Um, so yeah. good time. It's good to know, it, it helps shows issues that might come up between two pairings. Um, and then also the good areas, but like, do they kind of show examples of like when two people are kind of like in a neutral space of life, you know, the relationship isn't going bad, but it also isn't like the greatest it could be it's just like in that gray area. Does that glow out to that too? Yes. I think that we try to tackle that when we talk about how it can get just a little bit bad because for some couples, they really will never be just like meh. 
they'll be like, we are passionate until we're done, even if it's for better or for worse. Um, Whereas others really will be, like you said, maybe boring doldrums. And so we try to really uh, focus in on what will happen for each iteration of the pairs. Um, For instance, you know, um, an eight and a three, there's a lot of fire there because they're two aggressive assertive types. So there isn't going to be as much stagnancy as say two withdrawing types, nine and five, who are much more likely to retreat into quiet corners. So I think we tried to address that, but I also like your question because it's inferencing seasons of relationships and how, as a general rule, all relationships do have seasons of doldrums and need to spark up and bring adventures into their lives together. It's a good question. You know, it seems like it was just yesterday when I was planning on announcing that I was starting a podcast all about the eating ground. But it's been two years already. I mean, come on, man. It is just so unreal how much time flies. But I just want to take a moment out to say thank you for being an avid listener of any Grammar Store podcast. And although we're already in season three, this podcast is just getting started. So grab a cup of coffee and your journal and let's go on a journey of restoration together. We've kind of touched base on this a little bit, but um, is there any advice that you would give to the different seasons of relationships, dating, engaged, married, or single, um, if you wanted to just tackle a few or maybe even all of those areas? I'm yeah. it off to you. Sure. Okay. Well, the single years, I think we were really, uh, I, I think we were really right on when we said, make sure that you are doing your single life with intention and direction so that you have a space where you're moving towards and not just being aimless. Like, Hey, I'm living, I'm just enjoying life to the full. Like that is a nice thing to do when it's break time to say, look, I've got three hours to kill, or I've got a vacation to plan, or it's time for a weekend getaway. Like that's a great space and time to really just be chill. But I think that each day is a gift. So if you can get those three areas, physical, emotional, and, um, physical, emotional, and then mental rest each day, that's good. And for different people, rest looks different. Uh, it could literally mean for an eight doing something, whereas for a five, it may mean retreating. Um, So that can be helpful for you as you're learning what does rest really look like for me? Let me really, really reflect on that. And then also spiritually, I would really say surrendering to God. And I would carry that forward into all the next seasons. It's just a foundational season in the single years. Um, And then in dating, I would say add in that you are specifically asking questions that will help you to know if this is a person who can um, really blend well with you in life. If they're going in such a different direction that you talked about, you know, or thought about in your single years, then it's really important that you really discuss that. Like, what would that look like for us if we're going in such different directions? And that way you can determine whether it's best to continue walking together. Or if, like you said, it's just a season where you were teaching each other something, or maybe just a friendship. So, um, but also I would add to that. I hope that there's some chemistry and some laughter and, um, some natural love too in the dating years. I hate for it to be for any of our listeners, just kind of really, really tough and difficult from that point. I think that it's nice to be able to say, these are supposed to be the honeymoon years. 
So let's try to make sure that we, we do have some joy because marriage is supposed to be a place where we do have some fun times together. Um, and then as we move to engagement, I think it's okay there to then say, all right, let's dig in. We are engaged. We love each other. We love spending time together in general, but we know things have come up here and there. And let's talk about how we can really dig in and learn about conflict styles. Let's do our, as you said, our Enneagram work. And then lastly, I think that just continues on in marriage where you say like, now we have hopefully a bit of an afterglow where we've come together. We know how we shine and we can now continue to walk through these stages together. Um, and I have them all in stages inside of my membership where people can really like continue to walk through the stages. But basically it goes from that basic of let's build up, let's get our six to 10 hours a week together every single week. And let's carry that out where we have fun every week, rest every week, self-care goals. And now we, we have that afterglow where we're serving in the world, but also replenishing. Um, so you just never get too bored if you're doing that kind of thing. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, totally. I love it. Uh, it again, one of my favorite words it all comes back to is intention. You know, mm. you just can't let things happen hap by happenstance. You know, um, if you really wanted something to be fruitful, um, you got to have intention. And it, it's kind of, I, I swear God is working in every, this entire episode because last night a preacher preached on a, how about um, how God prunes people to make them more fruitful. And then like, here we are talking about, you know, intention and being more fruitful. And it's just like, okay, maybe this podcast is more about me than it is for the, you know, just publishing it. But, True. Sometimes <laughs> like that when I do things too, you're right. It may be just like God really speaking into you specifically. I love that. So, well, <laughs> is there anything that we have not talked about that you would like to talk about um, right now? Well, I just love that you encouraged the listeners to, uh, you know, through our chats, we're both saying really going to God and living a life of balance is a beautiful space. So I just want everybody listening to know that that's not going to disappoint them. That's going to bless them and be a fruitful space. It doesn't mean life will be perfect, but it gives you some groundedness through the crazy times. It really does. So I'm just thankful that you're listening and that anyone else listening can, um, to glean that because I wish somebody would have taught me that when I was at your age and now I'm in my forties, I'm like, Oh, I'm learning this, but it would have been really cool to know that at, at that season. I wish somebody would tell me to way before the end. <laughs> like, you think that would have been helpful information, you know, somebody, somebody one day has got to write a book just saying, all right, here's how you do life, you know? <laughs> whoever makes that book will make a whole lot of money. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Balance uh, for kids. We have to like, make sure we get all the way down to the kid years. Right. Cause that's where we all kind of go wrong. So I try oh, to yes. teach that to my babies. I'm sure you're trying to teach that to the little ones, you know, but if any of you like listening, teach Sunday school or, you know, keep pouring this into the kids too, cause they're paying attention. Oh yeah. They kids probably pay more attention than anybody else in this world. You know? <laughs> so but uh well that's all that i have um tell us where we can find you on instagram and facebook um your socials and your website uh, so people can know what how to get in contact with you and see more about what you're doing 
Oh, thank you. Well, we can really uh, always enjoy having you come to enneagramandmarriage.com, the website. I have a lot of freebies there and a lot of blogs so that you can really find that glow together. Or if you're an individual, just find some self-care there. And then I also have podcasts that you can find on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen by the name Enneagram and Marriage. And it's the same title on Instagram. Um, and then last but not least, I was going to also say we have a Facebook group that's just regular and free too, where my executive assistant, Coach Jen, uh, is in several times a week. And she's like, hey, here's our new podcast. If we're running a contest, she tells you about it. She'll tell you about our membership group. So those are lots of different pockets that anybody can visit anytime. I love it. Well, again, thank you for talking with me today. It's been a pleasure. Um, and definitely, I, I'm going to have to come up with something else to talk to you about because I'm going to have to get another one on schedule. So, so you know, I had a fun time. Oh, me too. Thank awesome. you, Braylon. You're awesome. I love to hear all you're doing in the world. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, that is it for today's episode. Again, thank you all for listening. Thank you, Krista, for talking with me today. It has been a great pleasure. We've got to get together again and talk some more and do another episode. I had a bunch of fun talking to you, um, and hopefully one day we can meet in person. Um, don't miss next week's episode. We're going to jump right back in for a couple episodes to talk about the 27 subtypes, and next week I will be talking about the subtypes of type 1, so the social one, the sexual one, and the self-preservation one. It's going to be a great time. Um, also, don't forget to rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts because when you do that, uh, it helps more people find the podcast. It tells Apple, hey, this is a great podcast. People should hear what's being said. It has some great value to add to people's lives. And so you're just going give to give us a bump. So if you like this episode or if you like the podcast as a whole, please leave us a, a review on Apple Podcasts. And as well, don't forget to follow and subscribe any Grammar Start podcast on Instagram, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, and everywhere. You can listen to this podcast on all major podcast platforms. It's, it is a great pleasure of mine to talk about the Enneagram, and it's an even greater pleasure to be able, be able to help people understand what the Enneagram is and how to use it good in a good manner. So, um, that, like I said, that's it for today. And as always, I've been ending this epi these episodes since the start of beginning of since I started this podcast in 2021 the same way and today is no different I want you to remember that the Enneagram doesn't define you but it does bring restoration it helps reshape your thinking and habits